This is the KOTO Community Radio News for Thursday, August 17th. I'm Julia Caulfield. And I'm Gavin McGough. In today's headlines, Ilium property rezoned as community housing. West End bankruptcy leaves a mess. A space for integration. And a mountain weather forecast. A 56-acre parcel in Ilium has been rezoned to the Community Housing Zone District. Mountain Village is currently under contract to purchase the 56-acre parcel from the Alexander family. And the intent after rezoning, if if successful, is to develop affordable housing on the uh, parcel. That's John Hubner, Senior Planner for San Miguel County, presenting at a Board of County Commissioners meeting this week. The land was previously zoned as forestry, agriculture, and open space. The land sits in Ilium, just off the road. The applicant's property is divided by the San Miguel River, and the southern portion of the property contains the historic Rio Grande Southern Railroad right away and an existing recreational trail. To the north of the property sits the Ilium Industrial Park and Telluride Sand and Gravel. To the south are forested parcels. By rezoning the property to community housing, Mountain Village would be allowed to build up to 20 units per acre on the land. But Hubner notes that's not the plan. The actual development area is uh, approximated to be um, 11 acres. The actual number of units has not been determined. Um, It is expected that at least 100 to 300 units may be developed on the site, which would average approximately two to five acres um, on average. The CH zone could allow up to 1,100 acres or 1,100 units on 56 acres with a maximum density of 20 units per acre, but that is unlikely due to site constraints associated with this parcel and plans by the applicant. Regardless, Hubner says the goal of the Community Housing Zone District is to build high-density housing. One of the statements within the Community Housing Zone District is that it is the position of the county that housing for people who live and work in local communities is a high priority. When rezoning land to the community housing zone district, the higher density that may be achieved in that zone shall not be considered incompatible with surrounding land uses, neighborhood characteristics, or community character. The purpose of the zone district is to provide for the development of high density clustered housing for people who live and work within San Miguel County. Mountain Village Assistant Town Manager Michelle Haynes adds while it's not a requirement, she believes the development would fit within the surrounding land use. It would fall somewhere between the the 75 unit uh, land unit um, area of Two Rivers and Upper Lawson Hill PUD, which has around, I think, 205 units. So we feel very comfortable with the kind of density that could be proposed on this property. Haynes adds Mountain Village plans to cluster the development, leaving the natural environment where possible. There has been some concern about the idea of open space and wildlife. The CH Zone District has a minimum requirement that 30% of the land be developed as either active or passive open space. Right now, with the, uh, with the development pods identified, that leaves 81% of the land as, as not identified as developable. And generally, we believe that we will meet and likely exceed um, these open space requirements pursuant to the CH Zoning requirements. 
While Mountain Village has thought through basics of what development on the property could look like, Paul Weiser, Mountain Village town manager, says they don't have a detailed plan. We're not coming to you with a plan. We're simply coming to you today with a request to rezone the property so that we can go to the next step and uh, pursue uh, an actual plan. I think that some developers come to you with a full-blown, here's everything, here's the landscaping, here's the architectural drawings, here are the angles. Uh, We are a little bit different in that we are dealing with public dollars and we can't go and spend that money until we have some assurity that we can actually pursue development under the uh, community housing zoning. Hubner adds that's reasonable for this step in the process. Should the property be rezoned and the purchase completed, the town would then move forward through the myriad of challenges, you know, with developing the lot, with development plans, at which time specific details regarding density, site design, and services would be addressed. Weiser acknowledges it may seem strange for Mountain Village to build housing outside of its town limits, but he says Mountain Village's goal is to help address the regional housing crisis. We truly believe that uh, building deed-restricted housing leads to better communities. We have seven members of our finance department who are incredibly talented people. They all live in Montrose. So they spend three hours of their day every day uh, driving to and from. And I can say that we all live separate lives outside of our work. And when they're in Montrose, they're contributing to that community. And I think that we all need to step back and recognize that not only is there an environmental impact to that commute, but we have a significant loss when those people are not contributing their talents to our region. uh, And it's because we don't have a place for them to live. So let's solve that problem. Several members of the community shared concerns or opposition to the project through written comment. However, at this week's meeting, comment was in support. Scott Bennett says he doesn't fully support the Community Housing Zone District as a concept. However, I believe the Town of Mountain Village has provided you and the community with AH zone sketch plan level information for you and the community to understand the development they are proposing in Ilium. I support the plan they have provided and look forward to the next phase of the approval process for this project. The Board of County Commissioners supports the project as well. Here's Commissioner Ann Brown. I am very impressed with the due diligence that the town of Mountain Village has conducted. I think that your the whole process appears to me to have been very thoughtful and transparent. I um, wholeheartedly believe that community housing is a, a high priority problem in our region and um, I'm looking forward to um, moving this forward and working together on this and other projects. With the rezone of the Ilium property to community housing, Mountain Village can continue with its purchase of the property and development plans to build deed-restricted housing on the land. Given the size of the project, development approvals on the land will require two-step review by the County Planning Commission and the San Miguel Board of County Commissioners. The bankruptcy of a Houston-based gas drilling and helium extraction company is causing headaches in San Miguel County. Paradox Resources, though headquartered in Texas, has multiple drilling sites in the Four Corners region, including substantial claims on Bureau of Land Management land in San Miguel County outside of Slick Rock. Derek Padilla, the region's field officer with the BLM, recently visited the oil and gas drilling site and found it in a state of disrepair. 
with issues running the gamut from uncapped wells, leaking methane, he says, to, uh, you know, just, you know, full on tank failures. Um, you know, we're not seeing, we didn't see, you know, a lot of large scale spills or anything like that, but uh, we did see some, you know, spillage from, from these tanks um, uh, that have failed, you know, due to rust and, and things of that sort and, and lack of maintenance. Paradox Resources filed for bankruptcy in late May of this year, and Padilla brought the issue to the attention of the San Miguel Board of County Commissioners this week. The deferred maintenance he speaks of has led to significant environmental damage. Remediating the area could cost millions of dollars. Padilla explains. Due to that, any assets um, that are sold and the funds, uh, the priority will be to address any uh, health and safety issues. So uh, the Bureau of Land Management would be uh, at the head of the, the line, if you will, from a creditor standpoint. Uh, to address those um, you know, health and safety issues out there. But BLM is not the only entity hoping to have some cash from the liquidation of the company. County attorney Amy Markwell notes in addition to neglecting the site, the company seems to be neglecting its tax payments. There's, they've been on our radar for years. They've been um, struggling with paying their taxes for years. We um, have outreach from um, some of our smaller um, special districts um, when they don't make their payments. County Manager Mike Bordonia has the tally of those unpaid taxes, which total in the hundreds of thousands of dollars. The county is at about 121000 Norwood School District, 119,000, and the low-income library owed 86,000. So some massive impacts, especially for the library. If there is money from company assets left over after the BLM performs its cleanup, Bordonia continues. We're hopeful after the BLM gets their royalties that we might see a little bit of this, but it's definitely going to be a very negative impact for a lot of our taxing entities, us included. Between significant contamination and a costly financial wake, Paradox Resources is leaving a dubious legacy in San Miguel County. As proceedings move forward, the full scale of the cleanup work and the impact of the bankruptcy will become clear. I'm just out back of what might be Telluride's first ever integration space. It's the first day of the Telluride Mushroom Festival and still morning. This back porch and the back room of an art gallery on Main Street have become a shady and calming respite for practicing integration. And what exactly does that entail? So the the space came about by somebody bringing it to my radar that we've never done anything like this. And with the decriminalization of psilocybin and other plant ethnogens in Colorado, we felt like it was something that Telluride Mushroom Festival really, really needs to have. That's Rebecca Roberts, who works with Mushroom Fest and helped organize the space. When Colorado voters passed Proposition 122 last fall, they decriminalized psychedelic mushrooms and opened a pathway in the state for the medicinal use of psilocybin, the psychoactive ingredient in many mushrooms. Joe Young is a social worker based in Durango who specializes in psychedelic integration work. 
the use of psychedelics, she says. It can push us into different realities or different spaces that we haven't been into before. In that space, we can have realizations, we can have more understanding of our life or our connection with nature. And I believe it's really hard to come back into reality of what your day-to-day life looks like. As more people turn to psychedelics, the integration space provides a safe place, an atmosphere of support and discussion, or just quiet. Although this is the first designated integration space which the festival has offered, Robert says discussion of psychedelics has long been one aspect of this festival's culture. Um, The beginning days of the festival were centered around being able to talk about not just psilocybin mushrooms, but also other plant ethnogens. It was really science-based, and people would, would, would come in from both the West and the East Coast to... To, to gather and the talks about psilocybin and plant ethnogens were happening really underground because in those days society just culturally wasn't okay with plant ethnogens. The time which Robert speaks of was the early 1980s when the festival was founded and the U.S. was embroiled in the war on drugs which criminalized the recreational, medicinal, and even scientific use of a whole collection of substances. Young ads. Before that, there was a lot of research being done on substances like MDMA and psilocybin, and even a lot more than I'm familiar with of um, purposes with mental health, alcoholism, or um, even bipolar disorder. As the legal outlook for psychedelics is slowly and gradually reopening, there's been a new crop of science which looks into the promising possibilities of using psychedelic substances in mental health care, well-being, and exploration. Of the current moment, says Young. It's a resurgence. It's it's a remembrance, not a new thing. Um, And so, yeah, the, the resurgence speaks to us starting to let in Um, all of the research that that can be done and needs to be done in this space. Roberts adds this is a particularly exciting year for the Mushroom Festival. People who, who normally might not have been comfortable having their say in the conversation because they were worried that where the law stands are now able to openly speak about their experiences with psychedelics. I'm really looking forward to seeing how that changes the festival culture this year and how this space can play a role in that. And Young's experience warming up to these conversations takes time. Reflecting back on the integration space, she says many communities, those in other countries or amongst indigenous peoples, have a long history of using psychedelics. It's an accepted part of life. They can talk to their family members about it. They can talk to their community wherever they're going. Whereas here, it is pretty um, stigmatized still. Even though we have voted it in and decriminalized it, um, we need these spaces that are safe and non-judgmental in nature to really express what's happening in those experiences. The space is located at the Telluride Arts HQ Gallery from 11 a.m. to 7 p.m. each day the festival runs. On Saturday, it will be across the street at the Sheridan Opera House and will have extended hours. The space is free and open to the public, no festival pass necessary. All are welcome, as Young and Robert stress. Anyone who might want to chat about these topics should stop by and say hello. What's on your weekend social calendar? How about a birthday party on the Snuffles High Line? 
Sheep Mountain Alliance, in recognition of the conservation group's 35th year running, will be leading a little party of sorts up the lower portion of Snaffles Highline Trail to discuss the history of environmental advocacy and protection in our region. The event is a collaboration with the Telluride Historical Museum and is the latest installment in their long-running Hike into History series. Although the hike will not cover the entirety of the High Line, though attendees are welcome to continue on if they wish, it will nevertheless cover rugged and strenuous terrain. The event departs from the museum front porch at 9 a.m. on Saturday, August 19th. Register by emailing Teresa at TellurideMuseum.org. The 2023-2024 school year is less than a week out for the Telluride School District. To help students and families get in the spirit, the Wilkinson Public Library is hosting a back-to-school fair. The fair will feature crafts, resources, school supplies, a raffle, and more. There will be a number of local organizations on hand to share their work, including the Pinhead Institute, the Elks Club, Telluride Rotary, Tri-County Health Network, and Karma Tutoring. The back-to-school fair will take place in the Wilkinson Public Library Kids Area on Monday, August 21st from 1 to 3 p.m. Homes across Colorado that are foreclosed by homeowners associations are being auctioned off for just a fraction of their value. The Colorado Sun reports 250 HOA foreclosed homes have been auctioned off since 2018. 100 of those were sold for $60,000 or less. The foreclosures are because of unpaid HOA debts, not unpaid bank loans. Some of those debts started as just a few thousand dollars before growing with interest and HOA legal fees. In a statement released on Wednesday, Governor Jared Polis called the news, quote, deeply troubling. He said the state legislature and local governments need to come up with better ways to protect property owners and regulate HOAs. At the end of last year, almost half of Colorado's population lived in HOA-governed communities. Federal officials are easing cutbacks on some Colorado River users. That's after new data has proved a wet winter gave the nation's largest reservoirs a boost. KUNC's Alex Hager has more. The Bureau of Reclamation is loosening water restrictions on some users in Arizona, Nevada, and the country of Mexico. But experts say one wet winter isn't enough, and the pressure is still on policymakers to reduce water demand in the long term. Kyle Rorink directs the Great Basin Water Network. We are still on on, on the precipice of, of a lot of uncertainty, and... I think we just have to think, how are we going to live in a world where there's going to be much less? Human-caused climate change is shrinking the amount of water in the river, and the seven states that use it are scrambling to find ways to cut back on demand from cities and farms across the arid west. I'm Alex Hager. Last week, the Durango 9R School District hosted a training session for physical education teachers. The teachers learned several Native American games that they'll start teaching in gym class. For Rocky Mountain Community Radio, Clark Adamidas of KSUT and KSJD has more. At Escalante Middle School on a sunny summer weekday morning, the 9R school district's PE teachers are learning how to play run and scream. Now run and scream. 
We started in 1990 trying to recover the Blackfeet children's games at the middle school. Deanna Brady-Leader is a director at Traditional Native Games, a Montana-based organization that runs workshops for schools and camps. More than 30 years ago, it was Blackfeet children that sparked this revival effort. And the kids went out and talked to their relatives and their grandmas and their grandpas and basically brought back about 20 parts of games, some we didn't know the name of, some we had basic rules but there were gaps in most of what we were learning. It took some time to put together the whole puzzle. Between all of them, they were able to put together basic rules, an idea of how to build the equipment, and what to call a game. They consulted with elders to learn more about these games. The kids took what they had learned to 17 elders at the Blackfeet Community College. And the elders, most of them had been sent to boarding school. Brady Leader raised two Blackfeet daughters, but is a white woman herself. As a teacher, she worked with Native children and elders to bring games from their childhood to life in their gym classes. Now she leads workshops for other teachers. It brings cultural awareness to everyone. In a fun way, too. Jennifer Fernandez is the Native American liaison for Park Elementary School and is a member of the Chumash tribe. She organized last week's training. Native American history is American history, and it should be in all of our school districts. It should be in every school. Most 9R school district PE teachers were there last week at the training and will incorporate it in gym classes starting in the fall. (laughs) For KSUT and KSJD, I'm Clark Adamitis. The National Weather Service forecast for the western San Juans calls for a 60% chance of rain tonight with otherwise cloudy skies and a low near 50 Expect showers and thunderstorms to continue throughout the day on Friday, with a high near 65 degrees. Skies are forecast to gradually clear overnight on Friday night, with a low near 50 degrees. Then, Saturday brings sun, with a chance of showers developing in the afternoon and a high near 70. Saturday night calls for partial clouds and a low near 50 degrees. This has been the news for Thursday, August 17th. Thanks for listening. If you have a story idea or a news tip, call the news team at 970-728-3206. And now, a personal commentary. Do you own a business in San Miguel or Uray County? Are you ready to make energy upgrades but aren't sure where to start? Consider becoming a member of EcoAction Partners' Green Business Program. We can provide personalized resources based on your business's unique needs. This includes anything from waste reduction initiatives, LED upgrades to financing and implementing building renovations like insulation, weatherization, and more. The time is now to start saving your business money and reduce greenhouse gas emissions for our planet. Contact Sean Hart at sean at ecoactionpartners.org. That's S-E-A-N at eco. ECO actionpartners.org and become a member of this sustainable community today. Opinions broadcast over KOTO are those of the speakers. You are also invited to express your views after the news or on access each weekday at around 4 p.m. If you would like to comment, please contact a staff person here at Koto. We encourage you to speak out on important public issues. <laughs>